0: We are going to, if you're able, please stand up, and we are going to worship our king together. Amen.
1: is far beyond and stretch his heart Here, now, Jesus, you change everything. Change, fall, fear, bow, here, now, Jesus, you change everything. Never
0: Likes to make you think that he did let you down. He likes you to think that he has left you alone, but he's still there with you. Daniel in the lion's den, he maybe felt a little alone there, but God was still with him and saw him to the other side. The Israelites, when they were freed and then they came up against an ocean, I'm sure doubt started to creep in. But God made a way when there was no way. And he's willing to make a way for you too. He has not left you. He has not forsaken you. You are sons and daughters of the Most High King. He will never let you down. He will always be by your side. And so if you are feeling like you have been let down, that he has not been with you, that is the enemy lying to you. He has been with you the whole time. He has protected you from things that you did not see coming. He has protected you from things that never were allowed to come past a certain point because he loves you. So we're going to sing that bridge again, and I just want you to believe in Jesus. Don't believe the lies of the enemy where he tries to tell you that he has left you. No, he will never leave you. He loves you. He wants good things for you, and he has good things in store for you. Hang on. Hang on tightly to the promises. He, All of his promises are yes and amen. He is not a, a spectator. He loves every single person the same. He will give the same person the same things. He has died for just you. He loves just you, and he wants to do good things for you. Hang in there. Hang in there. He's got you. Amen. He has us. yet to do. Well, we are so glad to have you here tonight. If you would just go around and greet some of your family of faith this evening.
2: Good to have you tonight, and we're gonna uh, we're gonna roll into our tithe and our offering tonight. And uh, I was just hanging out with the kids for worship. That was fun. That sounded sarcastic. Did you laugh when I said that? Were you being sarcastic? Okay, yeah. Don't let her lie to you. All right, all right. Tithing offering—if you have something, to give. Go ahead and prepare. If you need an offering envelope, raise your hand up, and uh, eventually one of the ushers will get to you. Jenny's Gin- waiting up here for her envelope. She's still waiting up here for her envelope. Gin- I think we. There, Tom's going to help you out. He's going to. Thank you, Tom. <laughs> All right, well, let's, let's pray over your tithe and offering tonight. Lord, we thank you uh, for an opportunity to come to the house and, and uh, spend some time in worship and um, uh, just a little bit in your word in a moment. We just pray as we give tonight, we continue to be people who live by faith, live in response to who you are and your goodness, and, and that we're, we live in obedience to, to you. And I, I thank you, Lord, for a life with you. Because at this point in my life, I can't imagine what life would be without you. And we do praise you tonight. We worship you with our giving. In Jesus' name, everybody says. Amen. Amen. (laughs) If you have it, bring it on down. And uh, a couple quick announcements. Don't forget this Sunday, uh, 5th to 12th grade, after church, we're going to hang out for a while. And uh, we'll give a little more detail Sunday about it. So hopefully, uh, if you have a young person, they can come along. Pastor Tim from over at uh, Botkin's is going to come over, and we're going to get something. To eat. He's going to share with them a little bit. It's going to be a good time. And um, I've known Tim since he was a teenager. He's a good guy. So uh, he's going to come over and spend some time with our young people Sunday. Uh, Having said that, then, don't forget water baptism. If you want to be water baptized and have not, go ahead and sign up at the back table, and I'll talk to you more about it once you're signed up. And probably uh, after we're into the new building uh, sometime in April, we'll we'll set a date and do that. And other than that, um, uh, so uh, when church is over, once again, I got some updates on what's going on with the building. Uh, But I got got something cool to tell you. So um, uh, if, if you didn't know, we had somebody... In the church, donate uh, money to buy new chairs, which was really cool. Amen. And uh, I was checking, I think the shipping started today. They're coming from Georgia somewhere. So, anyways, so that means we're not taking these chairs with us. So, and, but they've been, uh, now, just so no, you know, I know these chairs. These chairs are about 30 some years old. And these were a part of the original chairs of the original Botkin Sanctuary. And they've been recovered. And I had a bunch of these chairs as a youth pastor like 20 years ago. But anyways, they're good, serviceable chairs, amen? But what's really cool about it is we kind of threw it out there, and we were going to kind of get rid of them cheaply. But we've had two small churches, one in Kentucky and one in Columbus, right? They are
0: actually on
2: the other side of Cincinnati. Oh, Cincinnati. Okay. Now I'm wrong. So Cincinnati. They were interested, so we're gonna donate our chairs to a couple other churches that need them. So that's kind of cool. So we're gonna bless somebody with these chairs, and they're gonna keep on uh, sitting in a church and, and hopefully blessing somebody else. We'll, we'll, we'll give them the whole, and you know, so they, they can take them along. and uh, But anyhow, so that's, that's cool. So I know before Sunday, one of them's coming to get like 30 of them, right? So there'll be a chunk of chairs missing when you come Sunday. But that's okay. We'll squeeze together. And uh, so in the process. So next Monday uh, is our starting of our move. So we'll give you some details right after church about that, what that means for Monday and Thursday. Saturday, uh, we are going to be working to get this carpet put down in the sanctuary. And there's a couple other things that we can do Saturday we'll tell you about at the end of the service. So lots of things happening in the next two weeks. And uh, I've been doing a lot of non-sleeping, thinking about it, and in my mind, putting things together. So uh, I'm looking forward to getting this done so we can get over there. But we've we got two more Sundays left in this facility. So amen. So, and, and we praise God for for having it, but we're also looking forward to what the Lord has uh, brought to us. Amen. So that's coming really quick. So uh, right after church, we'll give you some more updates about that stuff. Other than that, uh, that's all I wanted to Uh, share at this time. Let's just uh, just for a moment, let's just just praise him for a minute and just uh, express. You know, we we sing songs together. That's unity. That's really, that's great. But there's times that we can come together and express from our hearts, you know, our own praise, right? So just a moment, just with your own words, just just worship him for a minute. We, We praise you, Jesus. We thank you, Father. Your name is great and greatly to be praised. Well, just speak some praise out to him. Don't don't be shy about it. Don't worry about, you know, who's around you. But we're not ashamed of the gospel, and we're not ashamed of what we believe. Lord, we worship you tonight, and we praise you. In Jesus' name, we we pray that that you are with us tonight. Holy Spirit, move among us. You're here, but move among us. Lord, I thank you for for your presence and for always being with us, that you never leave us nor forsake us. You are faithful, God. And we thank you for your faithfulness. We praise you, Jesus. We worship you. Oh, Jesus. Thank you, Father, for all the things that you have done. Maybe for a moment, just recount some things in your mind, You're kind of on your own testimony. Thank, thank God for your, for your testimony, for what he has done in your life. Lord, thank you for saving me. Thank you for your patience with me. Lord, Lord, thank you for, for, for your provision in my life, Lord. I thank you, Lord, for, for your wisdom and leading and guiding me. And I, I praise you, Jesus, for that. I thank you for opening doors at times where there seemed to be no way. I thank you, Lord, for for helping me overcome things I didn't think I could overcome. I I thank you for that. We praise you tonight. In Jesus' name. Jesus' name. Oh, Lord. Jesus' name. Holy Spirit, come. Thank you, Father. Does somebody have a word in your heart? somebody have a word sitting in your heart before we, we get on with things? In Jesus' name. Anybody. I kind of feel somebody's got one sitting there. I'm going to give a moment. Jesus' name, a word of encouragement. So remember, the Lord never, the Lord never forgets about you. Thank you. For, for God would say that, that I, I have my eyes upon you. The Lord would say to you tonight that, that his arm is not too short to save, that he is not. He is not in a place where he can't provide for you, that he is the one who will give wisdom if you ask, that he is the one that, that will open up a way in the wilderness when it seems like things are blocked in front of you. When you look and see a mountain in your way, he is the one that will help you get over it and around it and sometimes even move it. For nothing is too great for our God. And he will remind you tonight, nothing is too great for him. That we learn to lean on him and to trust in him. And to faithfully follow him because he is faithful to us. And he would remind you tonight of his faithfulness. No matter when, no matter how, no matter why, no matter what, that he is faithful. And that he will see you through. We praise you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Amen. All right. Well, Psalm 25. Every once in a long while, every once in a while, I say long while, every once in a while, I like to uh, jump into a psalm. And I, I would encourage you, I don't, I don't know what, what kind of uh, uh, Bible reading uh, habit you have or plan, if you have a plan, I would encourage you to have the psalms a part of it. I love the psalms because they're raw emotion. I mean, the psalms, man—they just the writers that, that write the psalms—they they're writing in the midst of stuff in their life. There's nothing, there's nothing like crazy eloquent about this. A lot of times, sometimes it's just throwing emotions out there. Sometimes it gets poetic, but man, there's times it's just emotion, raw emotions. I love the psalm. I tried to a part of my my personal reading of, of scripture is. is a psalm a day, and just, just to continue uh, that kind of connection scripturally. You know, the early church prayed the psalms. Yes. That, that was part of what they did. They prayed the psalms, so the psalms were very familiar to the early church. Even, even Jesus, remember Jesus on the cross, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? You remember he said that on the cross? You know, he was quoting Psalm 22. He, he quoted a psalm they knew. Psalm 22 opens the great, he, he was drawing out that the Psalm 22 is a messianic psalm. It was about him. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? You read down through that psalm, you go, oh, wow, that's talking about Jesus on the cross. He drew from knowing the psalms when he was on the cross. So the, the early church prayed the psalms, and so I think it's important that, that times, from time to time we check in in the psalms. So Psalm 25 is where I want to be tonight, and, and if we don't get the whole thing, we'll get back to it next week. It's, it's, it's got 20-some verses in it. But it is a psalm that's attributed to uh, David. So Psalm 25. And um, so, so if you read, so if you start on January 1st and read Psalm 1, you can read through the psalms twice because there's 150 of them, right? So it's 365 days a year. So stay 300. You'll have read the psalms twice, and then you can get into them a third time. So if you add it that way to your, your Bible reading. But Psalm 25 says, uh, of David, and David writes, to you, O Lord, I lift up my soul. Do you know this is a habit that we must have? That we must be in a constant place of lifting ourselves, in other words, giving ourselves to God. Amen? Never, ever get to a place where you are not consistently offering yourself to God as a sacrifice. It's a reminder of who you are in this relationship that you have with him. So, so it's, it's, it simply is, he is God, and you are not. You, you just got to always remember that, okay? It puts you in your place. He is God, and you are not. He's creator, and you're creation. And because of who he is, we got to be in this constant practice of our everyday life to give ourselves to him. What, what more can you do? Nothing. You, you know, I, I don't care if, if you're worth a billion bucks. You can't give money in a greater capacity than giving of yourself. I don't, care, I don't care what talents you have. You know, you, you could be the greatest singer in the world. You win American Idol and you sign a contract and, and, and you're the most known singer in the world at the time. Your talents. Giving your talent for God is a great thing, but it cannot replace the giving of yourself. You see? Nothing out here or nothing that comes out of you can be given to God that's greater than you giving yourself constantly as a sacrifice. So to you, O Lord, I lift up my soul. I give all of who I am to God. That puts you in the right place in a relationship. Now, you should be giving of all things, right? Right? But the greatest thing you can give, so in other words, uh, um, put it this way. So there are, and you you probably can find a lot of of stories, true stories about stuff like this. So you you could be in a a country where where Christianity is persecuted, and you could be thrown in a jail cell that's only as big as this little spot I'm standing. And thrown in there naked and have nothing, and every once in a while somebody shoves some sort of food, to, to, to eat and, and you there's nothing you can do with your life but you realize you in that jail cell you can have a thriving relationship with God because every day you give up yourself to Him you have nothing else to give but you and that would be very good enough right so to, to you I lift my soul but, but watch what David does after he offers himself up oh God in you I I love I love the word trust. Trust is, trust is, is, is a, a part of faith. So what is faith? Faith is active belief Amen. in what? In, in God and his word, right? Faith is active belief that carries with it trust. When I, when I have faith in God, it means I trust him. When I have faith in, in what his word says, I, I trust it. That's a big deal. It, it, sometimes it can be hard to trust something especially if you feel like your trust has been broken, right? But when you put your trust in God enough that you give yourself to him, that means something. It is like like the creator makes the creation, and we make a mess of it, but we come back to this realization that he's the creator and he is our salvation. So therefore, the creation gives itself back to creator and says, I trust you with me. I trust, listen, I trust God with me. That everything about him is what is best for me. And you would think it's just logical thinking, well, if he's the one that made it all, he knows best anyhow. So, what better things can you trust in than trust in? So, so don't trust in money. Amen. Don't, don't, and the Bible says don't trust, you know, we don't put our trust in chariots and horses, in other words, military might. No. We don't trust, put our entire trust in anything in this world that can fade away. We put our trust in who? Gone. So God can do what? Whatever he wants. So if so you ever see the trust test go bad? You're standing on a chair, and, and, and they don't get you right. Try, God, God's not going to let the trust test go bad. But we have to actually trust that, that his way is the best way. And we say that a lot here. His way is the best way. Do you believe that his way is the best way? Enough that you will follow him in faith. Here's something I've been thinking about lately. Always remember, faith, faith is greater than knowledge. Faith is greater than understanding. You think about that. Faith is greater than knowledge, and faith is greater than understanding. So I will trust God enough to live in faith, even when it's beyond my knowledge and beyond my understanding. I will trust God to follow him and do whatever he wants in my life. That's what it really means to give myself to him. To you, I lift up my soul. That means I'm putting everything, I'm putting all my eggs in in the basket of God. Here here you go. And I trust that he's going to do the right thing. Even when I don't understand it, even when it doesn't logically make sense, I'm going to live by faith because I trust in him. And even if at the moment it doesn't seem like it's working out, I have to trust that it's going to because God is the one who's going to do what he says he's going to do. Why? Because he's faithful, right? So to you, I lift my soul. I, 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 oh, my God, I trust in you. Let me not be put to shame. Isn't that one of the things we ultimately want? We don't want to be in a place in, in life where we're put to shame in any way. Now, you have to balance this with the fact that we live in a messed up world. And and there are times that living the Jesus way, you're not always going to win by the way the world wins. Right? Isn't that true? But by living in faith, we will not be put to shame according to the word and who God is and his faithfulness. Is that correct? So it says, and and let let me not be put to shame and let my enemies... uh, not Miami's adult over me. Now, David was in a real situation. He had people trying to kill him. Now, I'm not, I hope that's not happened to any of y'all, okay? You're all not in that spot. But we have things in life, if we want to kind of contextually pull it our way, that we would consider enemies. Struggles. Things you're fighting against. Struggles in here, struggles around you. We have things that we would consider against us. Why? Because the devil is who he is. He's, he's got schemes. He's got plans. And we just live in a messed up world. So we would have things. How many of y'all have something in your life you would consider an enemy? And it, now, how many of y'all that's not a person? It's a thing. Okay, well, some of y'all have an enemy, too. But if you have an enemy that's a person, by the way, they shouldn't be an enemy because of how you're acting. Now, if they're an enemy because you're a Christian and they just don't like that, okay, so be it. But you should not have enemies because you're being a jerk. Yeah. Right? But we have things in life. So we're putting our trust in God that ultimately the enemies we find in this world will not exalt over me. Amen. That at the end of the day, because I trust in him, I will come out on the other side with him. Amen? Amen? All right, so we're not letting our enemies exalt over us. Indeed, none who wait for you shall be put to shame, and, and they shall be ashamed who are wantonly treacherous. So in other words, there are people out there that, that God will deal in judgment. But I like that when it says, none who wait for you. How often are you waiting for him? Now, I I get we're busy people, but how often do you sit down and wait for him? Okay, so you want to hear a gripe I have with charismatic people? Are you ready? How many of y'all are Pentecostal charismatic? Okay, okay. Here, I got a gripe, and it's something I learned. When charismatic and Pentecostal people pray, we say a lot, and sometimes we say it loud. And we say it and we talk, 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 and then we're done. We got to learn how to wait on Him. Amen. Sometimes the best thing you can do is just shh and wait on Him. You, you, listen, you, God doesn't hear you better when you get loud. Let me—I'll just be honest. You can be loud, and you got that—that—that that, that expression. That's great. That doesn't mean He hears you more, right? And you need, to, you need to cast your cares upon him. You need to worship him. You need to repent. You need to say a lot. Do it. But practice waiting on him and just sitting down and just in his presence. You just might know that the whole time he's been trying to say something, but you've been saying so much you never heard him. You know? And he might, he might start to, sp- to lead and guide and speak and reassure and bring peace. And, all. and you're so busy buzzing around saying all this stuff, you miss what he's trying to say. He's like, he- hello. And you're just, hello. You're just, you're, you're not giving him a spot. So, so sometimes, and some of, some, of the, listen, some of the hardest moments of my life, I kind of knew what to say, but I didn't know what to say. And some of the best moments I had when I said nothing, but, but I was just with him. And he knows, you know, just the wait in his presence and be in his presence. And that doesn't mean, being in his presence doesn't mean that, that the hairs are standing up on the back of your neck and you feel like, you know. But you're just here with him because we know he responds to you, right? So pray and verbalize, but learn to wait, and those who wait on him won't be put to shame. Why? Because we're, we're being led, where we're hearing. And we'll walk in wisdom, right? Our past will be directed. One of the great spiritual disciplines nobody ever talks about is silence and solitude. And be, be alone. Why? So you can hear. We learn to hear, right? So wait upon him. That is so important. Now, verse 4. Make me to know your ways, O Lord, and teach me your paths. Lead me in your truth and teach me, for you are the God of my salvation, and for you I wait all the day long. Never stop being teachable. I don't care how much success you have in life. I don't care how old you are, And, and, and there's some of you in here that know the word. Probably know the word better than I do, I bet. You know the word, but never stop being teachable. Yes. Never stop listening. Never stop waiting to hear like you've got it all figured out. I can just, just throw my prayers out there and get on with things, and God just needs to respond to what I ask, and I can't, I'm, I'm good. No, you, you, I don't care how far you, you think you've come. Never stop putting yourself in a place to learn. And you get in a place to learn because you learn to wait upon him, right? So we want to be people who are led in the truth of God, and that happens because he teaches us. And why would we want that? Because he is our salvation. He, we put our trust in him. So here's the thing. You learn from people that you trust, Right? If, 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 you're, if you're trying to research something and you jump on the internet and, and you look and you're just, I don't know about this source right here. A little sketchy to me. So I'm not going to buy all, and you, by the way, you should be very apprehensive of stuff you read out there. Just, just, hey, it's on the internet. It must be true, right? No. Don't go there, okay? So check your sources, right? You, you will dive into and, and take it. You, if you believe the source, you believe they're telling you something true. And you'll stand by it. You'll you'll believe that's what's happening, right? Well, with God, if you completely trust him and give yourself entirely over to him, then if you wait and he starts to lead you and teach you, you're going to jump full in, even if you don't completely understand it, even if it doesn't always make sense, even if it's really a step of faith that you're taking, you don't really know what you're stepping into, right? Right? So so when, when I graduated uh, high school, I got saved not long after that. And, and all the plans I had for college went right down the tooth because I got saved and God called me to do something else. I didn't know what to do. And I was very baby Christian. But there, there was a college. So I lived in Pennsylvania. And there was a college in Missouri called Abanjo, it's a University now, but college back then, right? And for whatever reason, I heard about this place. I think somebody I knew went there something like that. And I felt, I think I should go to that school and, and get my Bible degree there. I never saw it. I, I never, I, I, I didn't know much about it. I, I applied. I got accepted. And I, I went, I never was there before. And I drove there to stay there and and my mom lost her brain because it was a 21 hour drive from my house. I picked up just turned 18 and just just went. And the next time I came home was Christmas. And I and you know what it, it was a great experience for me, but it was just something I felt but I did it because I trusted God. Amen. Right? And I went. Right, so and and it was amazing. You know how much money I had? <laughs> Nothing, not much. You, you, I had some, but you can pretty much say it was zero. <laughs> so I got a job on campus, right? And I worked eight to midnight four days a week in the gymnasium, cleaning, and you know it was so wild because we had the, these giant bathrooms. It's where they did a basketball, uh, the gym where they play basketball and all that stuff. We never touched anything. We had these big pressure sprayers, and we just walked through, and blasted everything, and just went down the drain. So anyhow, uh, a little side note for you. But you know, I, I had no money, so I'm, I'm trying to pay my school bills. So every two weeks, I got paid. All of the money that I made went directly to my school bill, and I took home 25 bucks every two weeks to live on outside my meal plan and living at the school. Tell you what, that wasn't easy. You know, but why? But just because I felt. Was I always provided for? Yes. Did God take care of me? Yes. Was it easy? No. But, but did I make it? Yeah. But it's steps of faith. Why? why? Because, because you trust. I, did, I didn't quite know everything and didn't quite understand everything, but, but I tr- even in my infancy as a Christian, I trusted God enough to be teachable and to be led. You know? I hope and, and I've been saved a long time. I hope I never lose that. that, that the Lord just drops something in me that I have enough trust in Him that I'll just okay. I, I hope I never get too uh, uh, mature for my own good, if you know what I'm saying in that regard, that I know better. I hope I'm never not teachable. I hope that, that, that I'm, I'm still a person that as much as I've read the Bible and taught from the Bible that I still learn, Amen. I'm not done learning. You know, I love to learn from Scripture. Never get beyond learning and being teachable for the things of God. Amen? All right, let's, let's keep going. Let's see what time it is here. Verse 6. I oh, mean, this, this is David just reminding God, Remember your mercy, O Lord, and your steadfast love. For they have been from old. God, Jesus, he is the same. As long as he's been, to what he is now, to forever he's going to be. And, and all these things that he is, they are from old. And remember your mercy and your steadfast love. And in that, verse 7, this is, this is so great. Remember not the sins of my youth or my transgressions. According to your steadfast love, remember me for the sake of your goodness, O oh Lord. Aren't you happy? that God does not remember your sins and your transgressions? Aren't you happy he doesn't hold it over your head? Oh, you remember how you were? Well, let me just tell you, you're on strike too, buddy. One more strike and you're you're going down, right? I'm opening the pit and there you go. Aren't you thankful that his love is not strings attached? That when you ask for forgiveness... He casts it as far as the east is from the west, and he remembers your sins no more. And from that moment forward, it's, it's good with him and new life in front of you. Aren't you thankful for that? I know I am. My goodness. I know, I couldn't imagine, you know, I, I, you know think, I think some people think that God has this, this giant chalkboard or dry erase board in heaven. And he's got your name somewhere, and he's just tallying all your little stuff. I know just for me it would have be been as big as this wall right here. I can't imagine for everybody. The, the most giant dry erase board ever, right? And he's just, he's just he's, he, oh, yeah, I forgave you for that, but it's still a mark on my board, just so you know, right? But he does not remember. Why? Because because who he is, it is from old, and he doesn't change. That's right. but, but I like what it says in it is for the sake of his goodness that he does these things. Because God is glorified when a man is becoming fully alive. God is glorified when sins are forgiven. Who he is is expressed when these things happen. Amen? And I'm thankful for his goodness and what happens for the sake of his goodness. So we live according to his steadfast love. I mean, it is as rock-solid concrete as it can be. There's no impurity in it. There's no imbalance in it. It is steadfast, immovable, and will not change. That's his love for us. And it is in that he teaches us and he leads us and he guides us. Watch, if you trust in him. Do you realize all these wonderful things about his steadfast love really only come to fully manifest when you trust in him? So let me ask you a question. Is, is the manifestation ultimately of a new heaven and a new earth, is it going to be? Is that a manifestation of God's love? In a certain way, yes. Will everybody be there? No? Right? So God loves everybody, but not everybody will walk in the full manifestation of his love. Amen. But only those who trust in him, who follow, who count him as their savior, who will trust enough and humbly submit to him, will begin to walk in a greater fullness of who he is, and part of that is the fact that God is love. Amen. Right? So... We'll stop there. We'll pick this up next week. I like talking about the Psalms. So every, every day when I pray, at some part of my prayer, I say something effective. I, I commit myself to you today. David says it to you. I lift up my soul. Lord, today, it could be today. I'm, I'm reminding myself. I'm going to pick up my cross and follow you today. Lord, I give myself, you express this, this, he is so faithful, and we are learning faithfulness in return, right? Every day is expression, and in that, ultimately, what you're saying is, God, look, I trust you. I give everything about me, my in, my out, my everything. I trust you. Please teach me. show me. And and I'm going to do my best to wait on you. And and I understand. Some of us, we don't have hours to sit around and wait. But but we, we will in some way, some shape or form, learn to wait on the Lord. Right? And allow him to take us where he wants to take us. And in that, ultimately, the enemies of life... In other words, if you want to put it right down to here, it is the enemy of life is, is that life is trying to be stolen, killed, and destroyed. Amen. Those enemies of life will not put us to shame. That we will win yes. in the end. Yes. In him. That's right. Right? That's right? So let's live that way. Do, do, do you trust God? And I know it's easy to stand on a chair trust test with people in this room. I, I think you trust people in this room. But but we're talking a bigger deal than you just falling two feet and hitting the floor. We're talking your entire being. Do you trust God enough to step off in the trust test that He's gonna He's got you? You know? I hope. I hope. Because it's only in that will you and this I think the psalm ends about humility. It's only then will you humbly submit yourself to Listen to all things in him. You know, you can trust God in certain things, but certain things, I don't know about this. I trust you in this, but my finances, oh, I don't know about that. That whole giving thing, I don't fully understand it. So not quite there yet. Well, I trust God here, but these relationships, oh, I don't know. I don't know if I can do without them. I don't know. you You can hold things from him. If you trust him with your salvation, you say you trust him with your eternity, you should be able to trust him with everything. Every part of who you are, trust him. So in every part of who you are, he can teach you and lead you and guide you and show you what it means to live in faith. Right? All right, let's pray. Lord, Lord we, we, I, pr- I pray that we all continue to live active faith, and part of our active faith is a, is a, tr- a full, complete trust in you lord teach us lord guide us i pray that we have such a relationship that we learn to wait upon you so so uh, you are the one in the lead lord lord that we would just be able to sit at your feet inwardly and just learn and grow and you take us through this, this, this understanding of what it means to live in you and to live by you and to live for you. That, that while we are still on this earth in the way this earth is, that we will live in the embodiment of what it means to follow you in everything, holding nothing back. So today, Lord, we pray, oh Lord, to you we lift up our souls. And to you, we put our trust. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right, high five your neighbor, elbow bump him, do something, you know. Tell him it's good to see him. Amen. All right, it's good to have you. All right, so here's the deal Saturday. Saturday, um, we are, uh, the handful of us are going to be installing carpet. I'm sure you don't want anything to do with that. Trust me. Um, But at the same time, if you want to come by at 10 a.m., there's a little bit of painting that can happen.